to me, this is like the birthplace of America's music. From record players spinning blues to homemade hot tamales, this is the Mississippi Delta. I'm Onika Raymond. I'm a travel journalist and member of Marriott Bonvoy. On this podcast, we take you on the best kind of road trip, one where we focus on the stops along the way. Today, we're driving from Memphis, Tennessee, down to New Orleans to travel a route steeped in music. We're ready to turn up and get down with it, as long as they're ready to turn up and get down with it. And yeah, it's the folk, it's the blues, it's the rhythm. We'll kick off our music pilgrimage in Clarksdale, Mississippi, where I sat down with a young blues prodigy to get the scoop on where the best juke joint around is. Then we're headed to Jackson, Mississippi for one of the signature tastes of the Delta. Finally, we'll head south to the coast to find some rare records in Biloxi. That's all to come, so buckle up. Our journey begins in Memphis, Tennessee, a city proud to call itself the birthplace of rock and roll and dry rub barbecue. We'll hop in our car and head southbound on US 61, also known as the Blues Highway. This iconic strip of road snakes alongside the mighty Mississippi River and cuts through towns that are essential to blues history. One such town is Clarksdale, Mississippi, which happens to be our first stop. We'll pull into Clarksdale in just under one and a half hours and immediately feel how the blues colors the city in street names like Delta Avenue and Blues Alley. If you're at a juke joint in Clarksdale, you might catch a performance by blues guitarist and Clarksdale native Christone Kingfish Ingram, like this song of his, 662. is, you know, people talking loud and dragging and cussing on their porch to, you know, everyday people just going to work every morning or, or people just going to church. All of that represents the blues culture. All right, Chris Stone, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you guys for having me. So I'm wondering, what was it like growing up in Clarksdale? It was pretty much a blues city. It was blues 24-7. Or should I just say uh, music altogether? That's pretty much what I was exposed to uh, from going to church and uh, even living right next to a blues band full of some of the local legends. So you were surrounded by music, but I'm really curious as how you actually got started in music, because it's one thing to grow up in a musical environment, but it's quite another thing to pick up a guitar (laughs) and become an artist. I come from a musical background on my mom's side of the family. She sang herself while my aunties and uncles and all my cousins, they either played an instrument or sang in some type of way. And that's how I got exposed. And then I went to the Delta Blues Museum and there they have a uh, arts and education program. So I enrolled in the program at age eight, started on bass guitar and I pretty much stuck out with them until I was like maybe 15 or 14. And right after that, I pretty much started to do my own shows. So what is it particularly about the blues that caught your attention? I mean, obviously, you were growing up in Clarksdale, which is infused with the blues. These are our cities and towns in the Mississippi Delta that are really home to the blues. But apart from just being surrounded by it, what really drew you in? It was pretty much like an assortment of things. Like, for one, I was always around, like, older people around my life and hearing those older gentlemen and older women talk and 
give their stories out. For me, that was something for the culture. I felt as a young man, it's up to me to, you know, learn about my history. And actually through the blues is actually how I learned about the ancestry and different other things. So most definitely. Wow, Kristone, that hit me. I love that. I, I love that idea of using music to connect to your ancestry and doing it for the culture. Tell me about the first club that you ever played at. Oh, wow. It was a club called Reds Blues Club. It's actually still here in Clarksdale. It's like the oldest juke joint for me in like the North Mississippi Delta. It was actually kind of funny because when I walked in, I really didn't know what to expect. <laughs> but it was actually pretty cool. Just uh, at, at this time, you could still smoke in the club. So smoke was thick in there. They had oh, like whoa. old school blues playing on the juke joint. The band hadn't even started yet. The people were already kind of rowdy. So yeah, it was a, it was an experience, but I slowly adapted to it. Not to what doing. And how old but, were you? Uh, Like 10. 10 years old in a smoky blues club. That definitely is a remarkable, it's a remarkable thing. So we talked a little bit about Clarksdale and it basically oozing the blues. Let's talk more about the region. Why do you think that the Mississippi Delta is home to the blues? Well, of course, it's been, you know, rooted through slavery and everything and, and and with this being like you know one of the home for it uh, a lot of the old blues guys you know were born into slavery and that's kind of how they were able to get their you know pain out playing this music and so I think that's one of the reasons why because they were able to take that and build the foundation here in the Mississippi Delta and you know for all those generations you know to come mm, yeah I love that so tell me what are some of the best spots in Clarksdale to catch a show then Oh, uh, definitely, uh, definitely Reds Blues Club for sure. Um, and you also have uh, Ground Zero Blues Club. You know, those are the two spots for sure. Okay, so it would be correct to say that the music scene in Clarksdale is on and popping then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's bands coming through here like all the time and even bands coming in and settling here and playing music. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you make such a good point. It's also the history and the stories that go along with it. So with that being said, I want to know... What do you hope to see for the future of the blues? I'd like to see more of my contemporaries celebrated a a little bit more. You know, for me growing up, I never saw a lot of young black kids doing this. And this is our history. You know, this is our culture. And we must embrace that all while, you know, keeping it going forward as well. You know, when we talk about George Floyd and Sandra Bland and Mike Brown, you know, that's our blues of today. So we have to keep that going, you know, in that way for sure. That's amazing to hear. I love that you are basically, I guess, what's the term? Paying it forward and uh, making sure that the generations to come keep the blues tradition alive. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Your voice, I mean, clearly you're a singer because your voice is so melodious. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to leave Clarksdale for now, but rest assured, this is not the last time we'll be hearing from our local blues ambassador. We'll check back in with Kingfish to get a local take on some of the other stops we make today. It's time to hop back in our car and head southbound on US 49 towards Jackson. Along the way, we'll pass by some notable music landmarks like the final resting spot of blues legend B.B. King. There, you'll also find a museum dedicated to him. And in less than three hours, we'll arrive in downtown Jackson to grab a taste of true Mississippi cooking, hot tamales. 
Now, you might not think a traditionally Mexican dish would have such a presence in the Deep South, but hot tamales are Mississippi through and through. Back in the 30s, famous blues guitarist Robert Johnson recorded the song They're Red Hot about, well, you guessed it, tamales. I asked our Delta guide, Chris Stone, to tell us how to eat one. Okay, picture some wrapping paper, <laughs> uh, some like some type of like meat wrapping paper drenched in like oil and different type of spices, and you have the meat wrapped inside, and you have to untie the wrapping paper, and you have to you you can either eat it by fork or you can eat it like you know with cracker. While the origins of this regional food are debated, it's likely that the base for local recipes came from Mexican migrants in the early 20th century. You may have tried tamales before, but if you haven't taken a trip to Mississippi, you might not be familiar with the Mississippi hot tamale. Mississippi tamales are typically smaller, opting for cornmeal instead of masa, and spiced a great deal more. I guess it reminds me of home. It's food that is um, that I grew up on, so it reminds me of how I grew up, and they're delicious. Delicious. That's all I can say. The tamales here are delicious. These are the voices of people out on Ferris Street, a historic stretch of downtown Jackson. Ferris Street is the home of a small diner known for pioneering regional foods. Here you can get pig ear sandwiches, sausage sandwiches called smokes, and of course, hot tamales. Big Apple Inn, the best place to get tamales. I'm 65 years old and I've been eating here since I was 13. That's right, the Big Apple Inn. Named after founder Juan Big John Mora's favorite swing dance, the Big Apple. Mora opened the restaurant in 1952, and three generations later, it's still in the family and following the same tried-and-true recipes. It's very delicious, and I advise anybody that come down here to visit Ferris Creek, to visit all the food places on this line. Big Apple Inn isn't just a great spot to grab a bite. It's also one of the last symbols of old Ferris Street. You see, Ferris Street holds historical significance for the people of Jackson. Ferris Street at one time in its heyday was paramount for uh, Black-owned businesses. This street actually goes back into history where this street was mainly where Black people came to um, eat, read, get medical assistance and all that. So it has a lot of history. In the mid-20th century, Ferris Street was one of the largest economically independent African-American communities in the country. The Big Apple Inn became a meeting place for local activists in the 50s and 60s. And while Ferris Street changed over time, Big Apple Inn remains, serving up hot tamales to the locals and keeping the history and spirit of Jackson alive. Jackson is creativity, is culture, is blues. It's where our ancestors, you know, lay. We tend to be a little country, and that's okay. <laughs> but we're going to have you some good food here. <laughs> Make sure to wash that hot tamale off your hands because you don't want to get the merchandise dirty at our next stop. We'll roll our windows down, crank our radio dial up, and hop back on US 49 headed towards Biloxi to find some music we can take home with us. If you're feeling impatient, in just under two hours, there's a 75-year-old store called Mississippi Music on the way in Hattiesburg. But our destination is in the coastal city of Biloxi, Mississippi. This beach town is known for some of the best seafood in the South and its casinos. But we're here to visit Marley's Music, a tiny storefront just a few blocks from the water. 
it's like a musical museum in here, honestly. You could stare at these walls all day with all the posters and all the new stuff that they have, and you could search through for hours and hours and hours and still not be done, and then want to come back the next day and do it again. Customers pop in and out of the store, and despite the wide selection, Marley's music is no Tower Records, for anyone old enough to even get that reference. (laughs) The shop is small, but in a good way. It's a cozy experience browsing the rows of curated vinyl records. The store is a hub for all music lovers, a place to get outfitted with anything from turntable cleaning supplies to replacement needles. Marley's Music is a wonderful place to come in and check out. And the thing is, anytime you come in here, take a look at the walls because the way that you see it today is not the way you're going to see it the next day or a week from now or a month from now because it's always changing, constantly rotating stuff, selling and getting in new items. And it's just a wonderful atmosphere altogether to be around. I really try to help people find the music that they want to listen to. That was Marley Roberts, owner of Marley's Music and the curator of so many musical tastes in one stop. I love shopping at Marley's Music because Marley and his dad have both curated albums for me and helped me broaden my horizons quite a bit. I've been to record stores all over the country, bigger ones, but not better ones. And what kind of sets this place apart for me is just their dedication to their customer. I love shopping here because of all the friendly people that you run into. Like, you can find tons of records here, but the service here at Marley's is top-notch, if not the best on the coast. Another part of the allure of record hunting is the chance that you'll stumble upon your next favorite artist. And if you come to Marley's Music, that artist could very well be a rising star in the Biloxi music scene. Sometimes we have local artists, if they have vinyl presses, they'll bring them into the shop. We'll play them during our auction or just play them in the shop. And I know that there's certain people that have really gotten into them through us playing their music. Marley's has really shown me a number of artists that were on the local scene that I would never even have heard of. But it gave me a chance to really experience what local culture has to offer. I've discovered tons of plenty of local artists, some from like the 50s that I never really knew about. Like I wasn't really big into blues until I started coming around here. Now that's all I'm getting into is like Mississippi blues and all kinds of stuff. But the number one reason for going vinyl, the music just sounds better. Of course, I had to ask Chris Stone if this was true. It's definitely a vibe. It puts you back into the time when it was all they had. And I feel like you can actually hear like the music and like the little nuances and the little instruments a little better when you're, you know, when you're listening to records. I actually, I have a couple of records myself, but I, you know, it's funny. I haven't played it yet. You know, maybe at the interview, I can actually go try that. It's time to put our haul in the backseat and finish our last leg of the journey towards the Big Easy. New Orleans is best known as the birthplace of jazz, but the city is an epicenter for all kinds of music, and the blues have been here long before it reached the rest of the country. With more piano, horns, and an Afro-Caribbean flavor, New Orleans blues became its own distinct style, which you can still hear at venues around the city. Now that we've made it to our final destination, we need a place to settle in. Consider spending the night at the New Orleans Marriott Warehouse Arts District Hotel. This space is housed in a converted 19th century cotton mill, but its biggest draw is its location in the Arts District, where we'll be surrounded by industrial warehouses that have been transformed into trendy galleries and performance venues. The best part? It's only a five-minute cab ride from the French Quarter. Once we're free to explore the music and nightlife of New Orleans, I can't help but think about how far the roots of American music go in this narrow stretch of the Deep South. 
To cover the birthplaces of jazz and blues in a single day? Wow, it's an experience that's hard to forget. Just like that, we've reached the end of our blues road trip. I hope this drive got you tapping your toes and curious to discover all that this area has to offer for yourself. Again, it's just diverse. You get you get everything. You do get the highs, the lows. You get it all in one because of all the diversity. The Mississippi Delta, I feel like all that around me is pretty much what inspires me. It inspires me to be real. You know, it's authentic blues culture. About the Journey is produced by Marriott Bonvoy Traveler, Atwell Media, and me, Onika Raymond. Our Marriott producers are Robin Benefield and Jess Moss. Our Atwell Media producers are Mitch Bluestein, Christy Westgard, Elliot Davis, Naila Andre, Drew Beebe, and Tina Turner. Thanks to our guests on this episode for sharing their stories along the route. To check out a blue show in Clarksdale, check out the music calendar linked in our show notes. To catch Kingfish on tour, visit his website at christonekingfishingram.com. If you're hankering for hot tamales at Big Apple Inn, you'll have to go there yourself. And to see what's on deck at Marley's Music, go to marleysmusic.net. You can learn more about this route and get other road trip ideas from Marriott Bomboy Traveler at traveler.marriott.com. And if you like this episode of About the Journey, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Onika Raymond. See you next time on The Open Road. Hi. I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you. And it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen. Listen.